Hi, Wendy here. While we are on our January break, please enjoy this replay of our interview with Wiccan author Susan Kagan and our discussion of season four of She-Ra. Here today with an author and very good friend and longtime friend of mine, Susan Kagan. Hi, Susan. Hey, Wendy. <laughs> um, she's uh, she's a writer and a nerd and lives in New Orleans, Louisiana, which I have been to once, uh, but not to visit her. We got to get you down here I know, again. I really, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the couple of times I was down there. Uh, it was for science fiction conventions and then, and then uh, reward points because of Marriott or something. So I had two trips. It was all mostly, never got out of the French Quarter, but I enjoyed it. And Susan is also a Wiccan, a witch, as am I. And uh, it's kind of almost how we found each other online I don't even know how many years ago it was at this point. It was way back in the late Cretaceous period. <laughs> yes, when you could when you could write a website with just plain HTML. It's web Ooh, web dot one. <laughs> yeah. So she's got I don't even know how many books you have out now. I am deaf I only two. Have two. Okay, so I am just, just the two. two. <laughs> yeah. The two. Uh one is a, a fiction book called Roxandra. And tell me a little bit about that one. I I I I was uh, privileged to be hired by her to do the cover for that book, and it is beautifully spooky <laughs> and atmospheric, exactly what I wanted. So <laughs> I knew I went to the right person for that. Wow. the The book, even though it's about Roxandra, who is the granddaughter of Vlad the Impaler. It's not about vampires. It's kind of a historical fiction, um, supernatural historical fiction. Okay. Because it, it, it goes over all of her struggles, and she was kind of whack. <laughs> yeah, a little whack. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the nuts don't fall too far from the tree. So she had her own hang-ups that were sort of similar to her grandfather's and everybody else in her nutball family. Yeah, that was, and also it gives you a lot of insights into what is it, the lack of agency women had in that time period. Yeah, and her unhealthy coping oh my God, mechanisms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those artists who will actually, if the manuscript exists, I will read the book before I do the cover. So that was uh, that book was was quite the uh, quite the experience. <laughs> Well, you nailed the cover. It was a so. lot more murder than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some twists and turns in the plot that, and it's based on actual historical things, but it's my twist on what might have mm. happened. Okay. 
but yeah, I, I definitely, I was very impressed with your, with your research and how, how life was described. So you really do get a feeling of how, how the people were living and how they'd get along and what they'd eat and how they would spend their days. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. In my uh, writer's group, the people would say, when I read your, your feast scenes, it makes me hungry. <laughs> Good. Go eat something. <laughs> yeah, so that's one thing I have noticed in a lot of historical fiction and even fantasy. I mean, a Game of Thrones, um, George R. R. Martin's descriptions of all of because, well, eating is important in people's lives. So, you know, my mom would write pages and pages about what they were eating for breakfast and shit like that so <laughs> you know hey it's important and us fat people it's our porn <laughs> so food porn and murder <laughs> food porn and murder oh, yes um and your other book which i guess we could use it as a jumping off point for many many things is called basic wiccan ethics and this was uh your first book in 2014 and it feels like it was a lot longer ago that it came out i, I just i think time has kind of our sense of time has kind of gotten very weird since 2016 2017 i i know wouldn't it be cool to just jump in a tardis <laughs> and go somewhere i know else? i've aged oh, about 30 years in the past too so oh yeah Everybody who's a decent human being has. <laughs> so Basic Wiccan Ethics is, I, I really enjoy this book a lot. So tell me, tell me why and how this book came about. I was at a, I don't know if it was a pagan pride or if it was a festival or something pagan related, but Dorothy Morrison was there and I just spent the weekend with her at a witchy weekend festival down here in um, Louisiana this past weekend. She's delightful. But she was telling how she did these sort of lead processes with when she was traveling and touring a lot with MR sellers, they would do these things, hypotheticals, like what if you found out that your um, uncle Bob or whatever it was, was a serial killer or something, <laughs> what would you do? Oh, my God. You would think that this would be a no-brainer. But some pagans are like, well, I would cast light around him and, no, don't protect Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob is bad. <laughs> so the more she told about all this stuff, the more I said, you are shitting me. <laughs> and she said, I shit you Oh, not. my gosh. <laughs> so... I said, there's, there's really nothing. And I did look to see what kind of books were out there because you do Right, that. well, you it's have to. Market research, right. Yeah. So I said, there's a, there's a good reason to write this. And I'm just the one to do it because I have a lot of colorful language <laughs> and have reasonably decent writing skills. And I said, well... What I want, what do I want to do? I'm not going to just deal with magic because everybody does that and it's sort of fluffy, buddy, right? <laughs> oh, don't do bad magic, la la la. Yeah, but it's it goes beyond that, it goes down from the magical to the mundane. And my book goes all of 
the entire gamut of your life, birth, death, work, relationships with family. It even gets down into pets. Pets. Yeah. Uh, I think that's part of the family. Is it? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking at the contents right of, now. So it's <laughs> yeah. Pets are part of the family. I mean, and if, if they're not, then you really shouldn't have a pet. Oh yes. The chapter, the section called squeak meow woof. Okay. Meow <laughs> <laughs> woof. Yeah. Oh, I, I love your, I love these. The, these are, they're presented kind of like a bunch of short essays. So this is, you know, you could get through chapters pretty quick. This is not a, yeah, a you big can book. Read it on the John. Yeah, I like the like the chapter called "You're Not the Boss of Me." <laughs> <laughs> it's humorous because humor makes people remember stuff better. Yes, and it's a it's a book that I think would relate to people who aren't necessarily Wiccan, um, but definitely it definitely speaks to our community in the neo pagan community. I I actually have a question now. What are your thoughts about the news articles that have come out since since January 20th ish 2017 mm. when when 45 I don't even yeah. want to use his name it just makes me creepy all over to when the maladministration yes. began um <laughs> and, and and maybe it was even during the uh the election cycle that we would see these articles about all of these witches casting spells on him. What are your thoughts just on that in general? Good for them. Good for them. I've, I've said a few choice things too <laughs> on account of anybody that's not working against harm is enabling. Uh, in my opinion. That's, I, okay. That's you see, this is why I, I love talking to you. You will come out with these statements that, <laughs> very absolute so yep well and i do judge people <laughs> and i i i know some believe it or not i know some witches that voted for that really crap. yikes yeah, they're not my closest friends obviously for have you yeah. talked but, to how have they tried to justify this to you yes which they did not get very i want to can you can you can you give me some of their reasons yeah, because, well, one of them, it's because um, she was kind of living with a roommate whose basic diet of news was the sewage of Fox. Okay. And she started using a lot of the same verbiage. Oh, God. <laughs> she, was, she was affected by propaganda? And that... Yikes, yes. Yikes. Because if that's all you hear, if that's if you're stuck in a situation where you, and you, you don't have the um, strength of character to say, I'm going to change the channel or I'm going to not listen to this crap because I know it's bullshit, then, yeah, you kind of get sucked in. Because if everybody around you thinks that and says that, what are you going to wow. do? Wow. Actually, I shouldn't be surprised. We had we had someone who. Who voted her pocketbook instead of, you know, wanting our some of us to like remain safe? So yeah, and and she really didn't understand that the policies that have subsequently been put into place are directly endangering these other friends of ours. So it's like later Felicia. So or was it by Felicia? Yeah. I don't even know the expression. <laughs> it's it's by Felicia. Felicia. Yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, it was it was sad. <laughs> it was sad. And and we had we had tried to 
we made an effort one i remember the one last effort and it was she was like oh i'm so glad the election's over and we can put this all behind us now and we all looked at each other and said i don't think so (laughs) no there's just some things like no way am i gonna have any respect for anybody who does stuff like that it's it's just not a good way to be no but it's it's sad that it's sad that it's come to this but you know all right there are there are people who are pointing out that because of all of the recent social like recent as in the obama administration for example a lot of the social progress that we've made with marriage equality and some other stuff that the people who are benefiting from the status quo this is like their their last ditch effort to keep things the way they want them to be they're afraid of losing out of losing their power and their money you know <laughs> and that, and uh, that this is what this is like the reaction to to the liberal agenda or whatever the fuck <laughs> uh, you know i get that however a lot of people who who are stupid and voted for this crash heap of a mess, <laughs> they don't have power and they don't have money. They are powerless and broke. And they still, what they did was voted their bigotries, mm. which is disgusting. Well, yeah. Yes. And and that's that's from the propaganda because you will get what because the, the people in power want to stay there and they know that the easiest way to do that is to make everybody afraid. And, and if you need to be afraid, they need to have something to be afraid of. And they're not. And because of, of what is it? I guess, I guess Nixon or Reagan was, it was the reason why we have Fox news and the 24 hour it's Reagan, news cycle. Yeah. St. Bonnie, my ass, what a piece of crap he was. <laughs> Yeah, I had a I have a button called that says I never thought I'd miss Nixon and and I had it I bought it during Bush 2. <laughs> and I can I've been using it again. Do you remember the um list of crazy stuff that was tr- uh circulating years ago that were like um job or uh, yeah, I think they were like job evaluations and one of them said has reached rock bottom and has started to dig. <laughs> you mean that that was you mean twenty sixteen? <laughs> that was yes. They have reached rock bottom and they have started to dig. Another thing I've been calling them is a closed loop human centipede. Oh my because god. all they do is circulating the same oh my shit god. over and over. <laughs> That is a visual I really didn't need. I'm really good I at know. that, and it's one of my horrible superpowers. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm not exactly sure when this is airing, but right now we are in the void of time between when the House brought the articles of impeachment to the Senate, and the Senate has yet to have their trial and i'm hoping i don't have to use air quotes around the word trial but i get a feeling that that's what it's going to be 
I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts about what see, we, we can make predictions that we will know are right or wrong before this show airs. <laughs> so I don't know. If- well, considering that they are all the entire what I call the Republic clan party <laughs> is all in thrall to the same beautiful source of sweet Russian <laughs> ruble. I think they're going to try and find a way to make it as unfair and useless as possible. If they can get away with it, they will. If they can't, that means decency has prevailed. I don't see that happening because they have no decency. If they did, they would not be in that party because that's not a decent party at any. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not anymore. So. Nope. The last decent Republican was Eisenhower. <laughs> okay, I would agree with you. It's like that 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 evolution thing, only it's backwards. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, the more the more I read about history, the the sadder I get. It's Lincoln's assassination really did fuck everything up. Yep. So yeah, I was reading about was it why they impeached Andrew Johnson and like holy shit the stuff he did like holy he was a shit. complete ass nugget <laughs> oh what a he, i mean he, he the the depth of bullshit that that guy did <sighs> reminds me of the current goatsy class <laughs> asshole in office yeah well yeah i mean he's uh, well okay there's i would like to think there are less government-sanctioned, racially-motivated murders happening now than were happening in the John in the Andrew Johnson administration. I really would like to believe that. I I don't know if it's true, but I would really like to believe that. Yeah, there there probably are, but not because of uh, they don't want to. <laughs> what are you working on? More books that will be released in the nearish future or what do you guys do? I know you do like this writing group thing. Yeah. Nearish is a good <laughs> word. <laughs> Cause it is nearish. Um, yeah. I, I have a second novel finished. I'm doing some polishing on it and I need to dig into some major revisions on my third novel. But until that, I'm doing productive procrastination by <laughs> writing other okay. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and cleaning my house, decluttering. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's what uh, I think all of us who are of a similar age have been thinking about that stuff. Yes, because it's really a thing. I personally do not have any offspring but I'm cognizant that if anybody ever has to come into this house and take all of my belongings and do something with them, I don't want them to be saying, that crazy old broad, how the <laughs> hell could she have kept all of this shit? <laughs> yeah, I've got one, two, three, uh, up to four generations worth of stuff collecting in boxes because I've, I've, I don't know how I'm, I managed to become the family archivist, but I am. So I have everybody's pictures. You have a house <laughs> and they said you have room for it. That's how. Yeah, well, there's other family members that could have like said, hey, I'll take some pictures. But 
you know, it was like, no. Yeah, I've uh, having to have shut up my parents' house after they left the physical plane. Yeah, they died. Uh, after they died, um, it was, uh, it took, God, six months of weekend trips down to Virginia to do this. It was, it was rough. And a lot of it ended up in my house and a lot of it ended up at the, at the dump. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to do that to people. That is, no, that's, that's sad. And the, the good thing though is, and I've been watching a lot of YouTube stuff about decluttering and um, deep cleaning and organizing and stuff like that. I've read Marie Kondo's book. I love her. She is just cute as a button. <laughs> Uh, I've watched her Netflix series, and it really does make a lot of sense what she says and how to do it. You have to do it in a process, and I love process. I love systems because I am a massive nerd, <laughs> so anything I can systematize is totally, that's totally within my comfort zone. A lot of other people can't deal with that because they're more chaotic. But I love routine and systems and it just makes it easier. Mm. So I would recommend her book. If if you're starting the process, it's really hard to get started. Yeah, so um, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I guess, um, did they have... Um, a woman's march down in, in New Orleans last yesterday? They might have done, but I was doing other things because I'd already made other mm. plans. Um, if if I hadn't made other plans, I would have been there because uh, I, I even started going to the gym just for part, part of that to be able to do those walks because it's a lot of walks. Yeah, I have not done them because I get well, yesterday was the first time it was under freezing temperature. It was the coldest day we've had so far. And also the first time it snowed. So I kind of wasn't planning on going anywhere yesterday. And I actually forgot. And I feel I feel a little guilty. But I, I am not a good person in crowds of people anymore. So, I mean, that's another thing. So it's... You know, I'll throw money at stuff if I have the money, but it's like it's hard to it's hard to just get up and get out and be in a crush of people. I'm not I am not happy in a crush of people anymore or maybe it is hard to people. It totally <laughs> is, especially like throngs of people. The only thing that I don't mind doing for with throngs of people is listening to music. So I'll go to a concert and be super glad and then happy once I get in my car and drive away from it. <laughs> we were talking offline for a minute and we were discussing the uh, the candidate pool for the Democratic nominee for president for the 2020 election. So who are your top picks out of the the field well like we were saying earlier i i like warren as well i liked a couple of the ones that have already dropped out but i will vote for whoever is the last one standing because that's the only bulwark we have against fascism at this point yes but you're not going to talk about primaries now so so i can't get you pinned down on anybody well Who would, 
who are you supporting in the primaries who are still who are still going? Unfortunately, I have not been paying much attention because I wanted to, to the you know that the the initial crowd was just there were too many people. A lot of them were really good people, but there were just too many. So I'm kind of waiting until they get down to the last, the final four, as, <laughs> as, as they say in sports. When we when they get to the final four, then I will choose which of those I'm going to vote for in the primary. Okay. That's reasonable. <laughs> I won't hold you to the fire. I those. don't have a problem with any of them, really. I mean, even his burniness because, you know, he's not really a Democrat, so he's not my cup of tea. But I, I, I just can't stand all these people bitching and moaning and saying, well, this one is not as good. And no, don't be a freaking Puritopian. Get your ass out and vote for whoever gets the nomination. It's yeah. important. We told you this shit four years ago, and you didn't fucking listen. And now what do we have? The dumpster fire of all dumpster fires. Well, I am going to just say that Susan's books are available on Amazon if you look her up. And we'll have links and... uh I want to thank you so much for uh, for being here with me today. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me. You are just one of my favorite people in the world, and I'm so glad that you're my same, friend. Same, same. And be well and listen to our podcast. <laughs> I, I will do that. Thank you so much. Bye. Fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Are you out of your fucking mind? Fascinating. I Recently, I guess a couple of months ago, She-Ra dropped another season. Uh, it's season four on Netflix. And this is the the rebooted She-Ra. I never really watched the first version of it. I think it, it when it came out, I was not I was not in the right demographics when it came out. Yeah, I vaguely remember it, but it was just like one of the many things on afternoon like 80s, cartoons right? that I didn't really follow it so particularly. It was the, I was I was you know yeah, I think of it as eighty. I was really eschewing most of the the kids stuff at that point. I, I had didn't have my second childhood till I was in my thirties and. Yeah. Some of my friends said, oh, you need to watch Ren and Stimpy. Um, anyway, so we talked about season one last year because it's a lot deeper than you would think about like a kid's show. And and I was watching season four and it really struck me again. I think season four is, you know, there was a lot of stuff and I should preface everything that there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, you may want to pause this podcast, go watch the season and then listen to us talk about this because I'm going to spoil <laughs> the hell out of everything pretty much right now. Because at the end of season three, we had Glimmer's mother 
whose name I am now forgetting. Glimmer's mother, who was the queen of Bright Hope, was killed at the end of season three. So we have Glimmer having, you know, learning how to deal with suddenly being elevated to queen and also losing her mother. But the overarching theme for this this season is is friendship. At least that's kind of what I thought about it. That's what I got too. And I was initially thinking that you were also seeing it in like a political context, but yeah, I think it's really, it seems more It depends on how interpersonal I am when I'm watching. And I'll <laughs> see things like the first time I went through, I was just seeing, I was seeing Trump everywhere. <laughs> and, and I rewatched it the season again and going, wait a minute, it's not really political this season. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think so, but but it's it's interesting, you know. And I'm I'm enjoying the. It's funny because the characters are stylized in a way that, like a kids' cartoon would be, so that they're they all are like funny and quirky in a way, but they have their traits that are recognizable, and you can think about like the types of personalities and 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 how that works in terms of friendship and that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what was the well, relationship that you found most central? I found I well, I found the most powerful episode of this entire season, at least in terms of friendship, is the episode, I think it's like halfway through the season, it's called or towards the end. It's called Princess Scorpia. Is the mm-hmm. episode number or the episode, episode six. Okay, so it's like halfway through. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you had been watching the series, you have noticed that Scorpia really got attached to Catra. You know, she wanted to be her friend. I think Scorpia had issues making friends in the first place. And the episode called Princess Scorpia, it's basically a 30-minute lesson in recognizing and leaving a toxic relationship. And I thought that was really, really powerful. You know, you were getting the signs that that the relationship with Scorpia and Catra were not was not a healthy one. Uh, it was definitely very one-sided, and Katra really took Scorpia for granted. And mm-hmm. at the end of Princess Scorpia episode, at the end of episode six, she says, or towards the end, she goes, you know, she tells Katra, she says, you're really a bad friend. And and she leaves. She leaves the fright zone. And it takes Katra a while to even realize that she's gone. You know, and, and I think that when she when she packed up her stuff and she took the robot with her and they left it it was like i was very i was kind of like going wow that's heavy <laughs> yeah i agree i mean it it definitely has resonance in my life where i needed to say okay it's time to be done here yeah <laughs> you know and it's it was moving to me also to think about how hard it can be to see, because to us, you know, from the viewer's point of view, it's obvious to see how horrible Catra is being <laughs> to her. Like, you're just like, what the hell? You know what I mean? But from being inside of a relationship like that, it's not always so easy. Oh, it's not just us. It, it's, it was, I think, I think the, the last straw for Scorpia was Catra's expecting her to, to kill this robot friend of hers to get yeah. some data crystal or something out of it and and i think she was just not willing to hurt her robot friend you know and then there's the other side the other side plot where you know she i think she had a closer relationship with entrapta 
which the names of these guys are just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not in love with the names of these people, but they're very explanatory names. Yeah. I mean, Trapped <laughs> is the, is the, is the geeky scientist character of the, oh, yeah, yeah. of the yeah. show. And she, she got banished to some weird island of the ancients and was actually quite content there because she got to play with a lot of advanced technology that she's very much into. But Scorpia, also there's that that whole side plot of them rescuing Entrapta. And that also had to do with, you know, with She-Ra and, or Adora rather, and, and Glimmer and all of them, because they kind of, I guess they abandoned Entrapta in season one or at the end of season one or sometime in season two when she went over to the Fright Zone. So... And let's uh, let's talk for a second a little bit about the the, the non-binary character Double Trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to get to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel like no, no, no. I wasn't. There's lots of aspects of this to talk about. You know, of, of the whole series. I like the character of Double Trouble. I think it's a fun, entertaining character. I'm looking forward to the day when the non-binary character isn't the shape-shifting, untrustworthy evil character. <laughs> you know? Like, there's this kind of um, stereotype that, like, you know, the first character of, like, an alternative group you get is always going to be, like, in all the negative stereotypes or, like, the butt of the joke or they're evil That's or true. crazy or something like that. Yeah. And then eventually you just get the average non-binary person just walking down the street you know <laughs> in other words they have to come in as evil and suspicious until they get normalized right right or the but of the, or a joke or of some type you know yeah. or all of the yeah. above somehow you know and i and i love jacob tobia who voices who who voices double trouble we actually were on a an online panel talking about non-binary identity together like a bunch of years ago it was a long time ago so it was kind of cool i was like oh wait i know that person i recognize <laughs> that person and to find out that um they were doing that is was really cool but i do like it i like it's like him in a way <laughs> from the powerpuff girl yes different but similar although know? with the name like him it's hard to be non-binary <laughs> should be them right them I don't well know. yeah it was also the 90s so i know there were we weren't, there they, they didn't, <laughs> the early we weren't into pronouns in the in the 90s <laughs> right right so yeah so that was interesting but i think it added double trouble adds to the whole idea of you not not knowing who to trust and how and is a friendship real or is there an agenda somehow mm. you know i think that was sort of one of the things that I was thinking about in it and you probably wouldn't be surprised to know that I think I dated double trouble back in the day <laughs> <laughs> because I did have an well a girlfriend and then an ex who really pit my roommate and I against each other Yikes. with that kind of activity of saying like oh well I heard Rose said such and such oh, and yeah. I'd be like that's weird why would Rose say that you know, and then after a while, we're kind of looking at each other suspiciously across the kitchen, like going, hmm, you know, until we finally realized that this person was telling each of us different things. Wow. Yeah. So it was like a that exact kind wow. of personality. I, I don't know that I've I've experienced that in. Well, definitely not in uh, in my relationships. And I'm trying to think if I've experienced 
that as an adult. Definitely when I was a kid, mm. there was a lot of that going on. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe if they if it was, I never found out that it was somebody trying to to break up people through manipulation like that. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I might have just been a victim of it and never known what happened. Just like, why doesn't anybody like me now? So kind of thing. I appreciate that, you know, they get their pronouns right through the whole show. So it's yes. helping to normalize that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is not something I would have normally decided to watch as a 60 something year old woman, but I am enjoying it a huge amount. So what do you think about Glimmer as she becomes queen, the, the distance between she and her, her friends, Adora and Bo and all of them? And like, what, is, what do you think that says about friendship and uh, how things work? Well, I think, well, there was a few things going on there. She-Ra has been used to being in charge of their little, the, of their social group, you know, especially when they're like going out on missions and fighting and doing the things those kind of things because they were all under the auspices of of the of glimmer's mom the queen and then when she died and glimmer had to become queen she-ra did not automatically get it's like she didn't get the memo that okay this person is queen now and she has certain decision making responsibilities there was a lot of people not listening to each other and i think that was an issue, you know, I mean, and that's another thing. A lot of times when somebody is, um, when somebody is promoted to a higher job, like in a regular and adult work workplace, one of the first things that you have to do is, is you have to start distancing yourself from your coworkers because now you're their manager and you can't have the same kind of relationship that you had before where you'd sit around and bitch about your boss because now you're the boss hmm. you know one of the reasons why i have not been inclined to be in corporate yeah. world well it's also one of the reasons why i've kind of never really wanted to be in management because <laughs> i don't hmm. didn't want that and i don't know that the characters in she-ra really got all of that if they understood that and i know there's a lot of there's and i even think that was not completely resolved in this season no, I don't think so. And, but one of the other things I saw in it too was that there's a point where they're trying to give her information that she's not hearing because she's, well, I guess she and Adora both want to be right or, or be listened to, you know, so they're fighting about that. But then there is a point where Glimmer could really benefit from what people are trying to tell her. And she's so determined to be in charge that she's not yeah. seeing that, you know? So it's like, I guess I was thinking about that one aspect of friendship where sometimes you need to talk about something that's challenging or, or, or you want the person to really hear you and they're not, and they're just sort of like putting up a wall and how do you, how do you traverse that, you know? And sometimes you need to go ahead and do what needs to be done or say what needs to be said but it doesn't necessarily result in re resolution with that person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I see that in, in the show and, and they haven't really, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's many times when I'm watching TV 
And it's this show, there are many shows that have the same issue. It's like, and I, and I start yelling at the TV, like, you know, did you not hear what she just said to you? Or, you know, listen to the, you know, there's, there's a, a person with the information that you're desperate for, like three feet away from you and you're not aware. Right. And I find that to be very frustrating. And it's, it, it's, this is a, this is a difficult thing. And I think, you know, was it, uh, Glimmer needs to, Glimmer wasn't really prepped, you know, to just step into the role. And that's going to make, you know, that's going to make her, it's going to make it more difficult and the transition is going to be rough. And for, you know, f- just for her and also for the country that she's queening. <laughs> and if that's a verb. Um, <laughs> now it is. <laughs> it is now. But yeah, they, they need to, they, you know, the relationships are going to change because the, the, power structure has changed the di- the so the power dynamic amongst the friends has changed and it it it's got a it's going to take time to find its new equilibrium if it or it'll break it up those are mm-hmm. like the the two the two options it's either you know when when that power dynamic in a in a social group changes the the people in the group have to adjust and it's going to you know, play out however it plays out. And it either, you know, either everybody adjusts to the new dynamic and, and figures out where they fit or the group kind of splits in one or in two or more pieces. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's that, and then that's going to just play out however that's going to play out. And I, and I'm not making predictions about what's going to happen on the show next, because, you know, in, in terms of, What's happening in the show, the uh, Hordex older brother or whatever the hell he is, the, the guy who's the emperor of the outer universe is is now, they have an even bigger enemy to deal with. Yeah, and, and, you know, Double Trouble and Catra both pretty much dumped the, the old head honcho in favor of the new one because they know... You know, they see very quickly where the how the power structure in a group is, and they will move quickly to ingratiate themselves to the person who's going to benefit them the most. Mm-hmm. And in that way, that those two characters are similar. That's true. But uh, yeah, and I also I kind of I kind of did get the feeling that Catra thought that Double Trouble was like a friend or something, and and they totally were not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely they're definitely um defining what a mercenary is that's a good way to put it yes that's exactly it and i guess in terms of that i can see some parallels between what's happening in the fright zone and what's happening in washington in in only in those terms because washington is basically like the republicans seem to just be a whole nest of self-serving people sucking up to whoever's got the most power so there's my there. So it was political. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I'm just now. I'll accept that that analogy. Um, one other thing I was thinking about this really made me want to learn more about is the theory of attachment styles. Do you know about them, or do you know the different? You mean the five? People? Is that like the five love language things? That or is that- there's well, no, there's the, there's the love languages, but there's also a, a attachment styles, and I think it has to do with like how you form relationships, and some of the one is like 
and I don't know if these are the right words, but well, there'd be like a codependent style. There'd be like an anxious style. There'd be like a, I don't know, just a secure style. And there are different ways that people describe that. And I was just seeing different types. Like Bo seems like completely anxious to me. Okay. Like someone who's like, did they like me? Oh my God, I don't know. Maybe I did it wrong. What do I do? <laughs> what do you think? You know, it's like, it's sort of, it seemed like a caricature of that kind of, I, I you're around I attaching. I just looked it okay. up. The, there's okay. four attachment styles that I think you're talking about is secure, avoidant, anxious, and disorganized. Does that okay. sound? Those sound right. Yeah. And okay. they're, yeah. So that's one. Yeah. Theory. I think, I think we could, if we sat down, we could map out all of those on who's doing which thing because <laughs> there are some that seem really clear to me like wow they're really doing a certain pattern <laughs> you know what i mean awesome. and that was one if the anxious that, one I saw. If they've done that deliberately or i'm wondering you know they could also be figuring that that could be one of the character traits when they're when they're developing the characters in the first place yeah and that's uh, actually something as as a uh, budding comic book creator that i need to be aware of because that's a character trait that will inform how they how the characters will play with each other right right, right. <laughs> thank you for that sure. <laughs> well, this is a good series i'm glad you uh got me to watch it oh, cool so thanks well, i yeah. can get everyone else to watch it too so so there'll be more <laughs> episodes yeah i i do have to give props to the the writers of the show because they're they're doing a good job and that they can make it enjoyable for you know grown-ups to watch as well because that's even better it's when you can get multi-generations of people watching the same show at the same time you know uh, it's I, I don't i don't like the the you know push the kids off and let them watch tv and you're off in another room doing something else because they're gonna Although if this is the show that you're making them watch on their own, it's not going to teach them anything that would be contrary to your values as <laughs> other shows might not have that. It's a good show. We recommend it. You're going to get a lot more out of it than just some silly kids thing. Cause there's a lot of shit going on. It's deep. Absolutely. 